All right, well, thank you for joining us this morning for our second week of a series that we are calling Fish Stories. I have with me my amen corner back here. They're going to help me out today, and we are going to get rolling. Before we do that, I want to invite you. Listen, uh, I can't hear you, uh, but I'll be able to see, and I'll be able to respond. And, and again, we've got other people responding, and, and your response actually helps our algorithm. So if, if I say something you like, then comment an amen or say that or, or type that or preach that, whatever it is for you. If, if I say something that ministers to you or if I say something that you know is applicable to somebody else, man, tag their name, like if, especially if it's about sin, like let them know, like brother, he's talking to you. Tag them in. Don't do that. Don't really do that. But it would be funny if you did that. Like our video. If you haven't already done that, like our church Facebook page. Follow our church Facebook page so you'll get notifications. Eunice Church Instagram as well and also subscribe to our YouTube channel our students YouTube channel and Pastor John helped us this week our new Roku channel so also uh, we want to know where they are watching from and so if you're watching in your living room you've got us on your big screen maybe you've got us on your tablet or on your phone Try to get a good picture of everyone watching or maybe just your screen and add that to the comments or post that, share that on your page, and then tag us, tag New Hope Eunice, and we will uh, get back to you. So, all right, for my opener today, for the message today, I want to ask for a little bit of uh, congregational help, my amen corner here. I just, just wave at me. You don't have to say anything. But... Have you ever suffered and made a mistake because, just very simply, you didn't listen? Just wave at me. Maybe if, if somebody told you something you should have done, you can wave online, but we can't see you. Uh, if you've ever made a mistake, anybody ever gotten in trouble because they didn't listen? Hi, my name is Chris. Um, maybe there's somebody that you know that did this. Maybe this would be a good time to tag them or, or comment their name down below. If you've never done that, we want to show you a picture real quick of somebody that did. We've got this little man, and, and he didn't listen, and, and so there he is. I've, I've made a huge mistake, and now I am stuck. I am stuck in the middle of this mess that is all caused because I didn't listen. Uh, earlier, uh, we had an opportunity to uh, find new ways to do new things. And, and one of those new things that I have found a new way to do is, is actually do a workout at my house with my children around. And so earlier this week, I was working out and, and my children were around and and when I'm sweating and I'm hot and I can't catch my breath and I'm trying to keep up with this workout, like answering questions is not really on the top of my list. But my children don't understand that, nor do they care. And so I took a ratchet strap, things that you would tie things down on a trailer. I threw it over the limb of our big, beautiful live oak tree there in our front yard. I threw that ratchet strap and then I took my pull-up bar, and I put it in the ratchet strap. 
And my kids kept asking me while I was trying to work out, Daddy, you want to hang? Daddy, you want to get up there? Daddy, can I get up there? No, I want to get up there. Daddy, can I? So I took one of them and I put them up there. And then I turned around and I walked off. And I went back and I started doing my workout again. Well, it wasn't long after that that I heard this little voice, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. <laughs> so I, I, I'm like, I'll be right there. Y'all wouldn't stop a minute ago. Now you're going to holler at me because you're in trouble. Because I told you to let me do this and you, you didn't listen. It was one of those moments for them, very likely one of the moments that we've had before. Where we get to this place in our walk or our relationship and maybe even we run to this place and eventually we finally get to a point where we're like, okay, God, I hear you. Okay, God, I get it. Okay, God, I'll do it. In the first and second chapter of Jonah, we see the story of a man that last week I called the unstable prophet. Theologically, he is actually known historically for being the reluctant prophet. And even though Jonah was reluctant, what I love about this story is actually how short it is. Now, it's like you could read this whole book today if you wanted to. It's, this is it right here, all on just one page. What I love even more about this story is that throughout the story, no matter what Jonah did or didn't do, God kept speaking. God was calling. He was urging. He was burdening Jonah. Hey, I need you to do something. I need you to accomplish something. I'm talking to you. I want to use you to accomplish what I've called you to. He wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh. God, God was trying to work out and Jonah wouldn't listen God was trying to work out salvation in an entire group of people an entire nation of individuals and Jonah wouldn't listen Jonah didn't want to hear it he didn't want to hear the urgent urging he didn't want to carry the burden he wasn't willing to hear what God had to say why because Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian empire and the Assyrians were the enemies of the Israelites. They were their rivals. They had suffered great loss to the Assyrians. And now all of a sudden, God is calling Jonah to go preach essentially the gospel of the Old Testament to a nation full of people that have stolen from them, that have attacked them, that have been enemies of them since as long as Jonah could remember. And God is saying, I want you to go. Jonah didn't just not go. Jonah actually ran away. Like he went in the other direction. Like, like a kid at a carnival when it's time to go. They're like, come on, let's go. And then they look and they take off running. And you know, you know why they're running, but it doesn't make you feel any better. That We call that snatch a kid. Whenever they take off running, we call their name and they run in the other direction. We play a game called Snatch a Kid. Because I can't afford for one of my children to think it's okay to run away from me if there's legitimate danger in the area. 
I think of that, some people call it GIF, some people call it GIF, it's spelled with a G, so, a G. it's spelled with a G, so I'll call it GIF, G-I-F. I think of that little tubby kid in a diaper that walks in the living room, he's like, Whoa, and he turns around and runs back out. That's what Jonah is doing to God. He didn't just say no to God, he actually went in the opposite direction. Why? Because he hated the people that God was sending him to. Because he despised them. They were his enemy. So I want to open with asking this question for all of us today. Is there any justified bitterness in me? Is there any justified bitterness in you that's causing you to miss out on God's calling and God's will for your life? See, I'm, I'm saying justified bitterness because you may be mad at somebody and have legitimate reason to be mad at them. You may have bitterness towards someone because they stabbed you in the back. And it is normal, even justified, for you to be bitter towards them just like Jonah was towards Nineveh. See, we may not miss God because of something we shouldn't be mad about. Like, you may be mad and it may be justified. But we can miss God because of something that we should have forgiven no matter how mad we were. We can miss God because of something that we should have put at the foot of the cross just like we did our own sin, our own shame, our own failures, and our own mistakes. We can't let that bitterness cause us to miss what God has for us. Isn't it interesting that we can ask God to send the light into the darkness? But then as we ask God to send the light into the darkness, we begin to actually curse the darkness that we were formerly supposed to be praying for. And then when God calls us to go, we would run the other way rather than letting the light shine darkest, brightest in the darkness, we run away and remove the light altogether. Isn't it interesting that when God called Jonah to go, he didn't just not go, he went the other way. Imagine praying, God, save my friend, save my family member. God, save my neighbor. And then God responds, okay, let's go. Let's go. I, I hear you. I'm responding. I want to save them too. And then he picks you to use in the midst of everything else that's going on and all the other people that he could have used. What we are more than likely going to do is when we sense that it's God wanting to use us, we're going to be, oh, wait, God, I'm sorry. I meant send someone. I'm, I, meant, I meant like move in a way that they couldn't deny that it was you. I don't want you to use me. I, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. I don't, I don't want to go up to approximately six feet of another individual. I, I'm already under pressure. My finances are already tight. I want you to move, God, in a way that only you could move. I don't necessarily want you to use me in a way that only you could use me. Hang on, God. Let me call my pastor. Let me call my pastor. Let me call my church. Let me call the intercessor. Surely one of those ladies can call my friend and pray. No, we, we begin to seek out somebody else because we think that they have something that we don't. And we begin to ask people that we think are more powerful or more influential. And God is saying, I don't need your ability. I just need you to be available. I just need you to answer and do what I've called you to do. So Jonah ran. 
And God had to speak through the seas to Jonah. God had to speak through the seas and the challenges of Jonah's life. God had to speak through the trial. God had to speak through the waves. He had to speak through the current comfort of what was going on. God had to speak through the divided loyalties. He had to remove the things that we were taking for granted so that we would begin to actually appreciate the things that he had. He was speaking to Jonah through the seas. And when God speaks, we pick up at the end of Jonah chapter 1. When God speaks, it's always his best. When God speaks, it's always his best. Even if it doesn't seem like it. Even if it doesn't feel like it. When you're following him, you can know that he's with you no matter where you go. Chapter 1, verse 15, the Bible says, The sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Verse 17, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. This is where we left off last week, and I just want to remind you that sometimes your worst day is exactly what you need. Some days your worst moment is exactly what you needed. Some days, that not-so-friendly text message, phone call, email, comment, that was exactly what you needed. Some days, you get to a place in life where you begin to evaluate current circumstances and wonder if you made the right decision way back when. Friend, can I just encourage you that you can't do anything about what's been done, but you can do anything about what you do? And you don't have to look in your past to try to fix your present. You can look to the past, learn in the present, and look to the future because God is still in control, even when it seems like your life is out of control. It's always his best. Well, I should have, I wish I, if I. No, listen, you're right where you're supposed to be even if it doesn't feel like it, even if it doesn't seem like it. If I want to know how spiritually stable I am, all I really need to do is examine my spirit when things become unstable. All I have to do, if I want to know how strong I am in the Lord, is really evaluate my desires, my emotions, my feelings, my reactions, my responses, my frustrations, my irritations, or my stability. When everything else around me is not stable any longer. And I do believe that we are specifically right now in a time of examination. I believe that we are in a place right now. It may not be the writing on the wall, but I can promise you if it were this easy to shut down the United States of America, if it were this easy to shut down the state of Louisiana... And I'm not saying that this isn't a real issue. I am not attempting to minimize this in any way. But I see the light at the end of the tunnel on this thing. I know that you may not, and you may still be in a serious circumstance right now. And I heard the Surgeon General say this past week that the problem is most people are not taking this seriously until they get sick. I'm not attempting to minimize this in any way. What I am saying, can you imagine what's coming in the future? If it was this easy to mess up our economy, 
If it were this easy to cause the church to not be able to physically gather, and I don't believe there's anything wrong with honoring the government. I don't believe that there's anything wrong with honoring the authorities. I'm just saying I believe this is a time of examination. It's a time for us to look at how spiritually stable we really are or whether we really are at all. Am I giving God my attention? Am I giving God my attention or am I just trying to get through this? Am I just waiting until all of this lifts and all of this goes away? Or am I listening for what God may have to say in the midst of the seas? It is in this moment that we can evaluate, we can examine, we can repent, we can adjust. What has or what will God use in my life to get my attention the way that he did Jonah? Because God doesn't love you, me, or anybody else any more or less than he did Jonah. And we see imagery in the Old Testament of things I do believe God is still willing to do to get our attention in the New Testament. Number two, when God speaks, it will challenge our current direction. It will challenge our current direction. Didn't you make these points last week? I did. But Jonah was still going in the wrong direction. And even though some of us heard this point last week, we made a minor adjustment that afternoon, but by Monday morning, we went right back in the same direction that we were going before we ever made the adjustment. Even though we had a moment with God in the front of a church or in an altar or in a service, and God moved mightily and God revealed himself and God spoke and we heard his voice and we said we would never be the same again, we just walked right out of that building and within a week, a month, a year, we continued right on down that same path that we were going. And again, God's still speaking. God's still speaking. And when he speaks, it will challenge us to evaluate and possibly even change our current direction. I'm going to lighten it up a little bit and tell a funny story. So a lot of you have heard, and our Wednesday night crowd heard this not very long ago, but I, I won't go into you know, my own heroic story here, but it's pretty cool just to let you know. Um, if you, if you in, uh, PM us, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll let you know what the story is. But essentially, um, I had a really cool experience with Walmart, at Walmart, not with Walmart, but at Walmart, where I was in the parking lot and a bad guy was running toward me and I jumped out of my truck and I hit the bad guy. It was awesome. I smoked him, coach. Smoked him. Like, took him out. And he wasn't small. I mean, he wasn't as tall as you. Like, I didn't have to jump to hit him. But, but I got him. Man, it was, it was awesome. I called my best friend. I let him know. And I've told that story a lot. And, and Pastor Weston has heard me tell that story. Fast forward a couple of weeks ago. And Pastor Weston has a good routine. He, he gets here and he does what he needs to do. And then at lunch, he would go to Anytime Fitness. Not, not now. He doesn't do that now. He's not trying to sneak in. He's not one of those guys. He's being honorable and loyal. Like but this a couple of weeks back. And he came down the road and he went to turn to go to the gym on his normal route, just like he goes all the time. And he looked in his rearview mirror and he saw this guy running down the road. And he heard the voice of the Holy Spirit in that moment. He thought, man, I, that dude looks like he's running from somebody. And he shouldn't be. It wasn't just like somebody going for a stroll, you know, like, hey, I'm good. No, it was like ah, it's getting away from something or someone. 
Well, he should have looked for a little bit longer because one of our Eunice police officers, whom we know personally, was chasing that guy. And Pastor Weston saw it, heard the Holy Spirit say, that's him, you could help, and, and shook it off and said, nah, that's not, no, I don't need, that's not what that is. Turned right and went and worked out of the gym and saw the video of the chase later on. <laughs> he could have had his story. He missed it. He heard the voice of God and didn't change his direction. Challenged him. Did you know that you can even be doing the right thing and headed in the right direction and God will speak to you and tell you to turn? Because there's somebody over here that needs your help. There's somebody over here that needs your prayer. There's somebody over here that needs to know what you know or sense what you've sensed. Needs to experience what you've experienced before. When we're on the boat and it feels good, we start to think, man, this must be God's will. It feels right. I'm comfortable. But we can't confuse comfort with the comforter. We can't confuse what feels good, what feels right, with what is righteous. And even when we get set up, even when we arrive at the place that we think we're supposed to be, I guarantee you God will still speak. I guarantee you God will still challenge your current direction. And God will continue to mold you and make you into his image and likeness until the day that you stand before him. The enemy will give you exactly what you want as often as you want it. But God will challenge and he will change your heart. As soon as you get settled, he'll speak. And you will become like the Apostle Paul. Not that I have arrived, and yet I press on. God may lead us somewhere we didn't want to be. God may take us somewhere that we didn't want to go. But there's a difference in where we want to be and where we're supposed to be. And the only way that we're going to know the difference is if we learn to be obedient, completely obedient to the voice of God. Jonah was disobedient. And his disobedience put everybody around him in danger. Pastor Weston's is just a funny story. <laughs> he just missed out on a cool opportunity. Maybe he was saved from like being stabbed or shot. Maybe I should have stayed in my car. Who knows? But Jonah's disobedience, Jonah's partial obedience, Jonah's delayed obedience affected not just him, but everybody on that boat. And everybody in his life. Those people tried rowing back to shore. They tried questioning one another. They tried interrogating one another. They did everything that they knew to do. And then finally, the Bible says, the last thing the people on the boat did before they threw Jonah over was pray. Finally, finally, they resorted to prayer. Why is prayer so predominantly our last resort? In a situation like this, in a situation like we're in right now, like why weren't we calling for a national day of prayer when this virus was consuming people on the other side of the earth? Because we don't get serious about something until it affects us personally. And we don't pray about things until it messes up our comfort, until it messes up our pattern, until it messes up our current direction. Oh, now we all on our knees. 
fasting and praying a national day of prayer. Why is prayer always our last resort? Why is it the last thing we do when things go bad? I wonder if it, I wonder if it ever insults God when people say things like, well, now all we can do is pray. Well, what you been doing? Trying to accomplish your will in your way, what God has for you in your own strength? I want to challenge you today. Let's pray first. Let's not make prayer something that we resort to. Let's make prayer something that we run to immediately when we hear something. Immediately when somebody comments. You know what's fun? It's funny that we have a hard time believing that if we would just comment on a social media page and somebody somewhere else in the world or maybe even just in our city begins to pray for us, we have a hard time believing that that's as powerful as standing in the front of the church and somebody laying hands. Is it God that can't reach and minister? Or is it our faith that has a hard time believing whenever the formula doesn't line up the way that we expected it to? We shouldn't just resort to prayer. We should run to prayer. But it's our human nature to try to fix it first. It's our spiritual nature to need to pray first. We want to fix it in our own power, in our own ability, in our own knowledge. And we see what happened to Jonah and everybody on that ship. The first thing Jonah did, opening up in chapter 2, was the thing that he was refusing to do this entire time. When his way ran out, when his strength ran out, all that was left was for Jonah to call out. And call out he did. As we open chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, And Jonah prayed. To the Lord his God. From the belly of the fish. You may want to highlight that. If you've got an analog Bible and an inky highlighter, you're going to want to highlight that. If your Bible is digital, all you got to do is touch it with your finger and pick which color you want. But you need to highlight it. The belly of the fish. Watch this, verse 2. Saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. And when I called out, he answered me, not answered me out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. Wait, I thought he said he was in the belly of a fish. Some people may say a whale. I know really biblically it was just a big fish. We're going to use the word whale today. He just said he was in the belly of a fish, but now he's prayed and God's answered him out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. And you heard my voice, O oh God. See, when you're in it, the well feels like hell. From your perspective, from your feelings, from your perception of reality, when it's your finances, the well feels like hell. When it's, when it's your health, when it's your doctor's report, when it's your relationship, when it's your marriage, when it's your future, when it's you that suffers the loss, when it's, when it's you that made the bad choice, what, what was really just the belly of a fish, all of a sudden feels like the depths of the pit that you'll never get out of. 
what is really just the belly of a physical temporary moment all of a sudden feels like a spiritual eternity because what you thought was a well feels like absolute hell. No matter what it feels like. I don't even know how inspiring this is. But I can almost guarantee you, you can't fix it. Because if you could fix it, then Jesus could have stayed in heaven. If you could fix it, then he wouldn't have to be sitting at the right hand of the Father right now and the Holy Spirit wouldn't have had to come in his place. If you could fix it, then you wouldn't have to call out. But because we can't fix this, we got one answer. We've got one Savior. We've got one Lord. Just because you are somewhere doesn't mean that you have to stay there. You can't fix it. But God can. And if you will call out to him, he doesn't respect or love Jonah any more than he does you or any more than he does me. Verse 3 says, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All of your waves and your billows passed over me. Can you hear the sorrow? Can you hear the fear, the concern in Jonah's voice? Verse 4, then I said, I am driven away from your sight. I want you to notice that's what Jonah said. That's not what God said. Jonah's perspective began to affect what he would produce. But he continued to call out no matter what he thought or what he felt. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. I believe there are some people listening to me. There may be some people sitting on this stage that you need to come to a place where you shall again look to the holy temple of God. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you're carrying, but I can tell you that the only reason that God cares about where you've been is because he knows what he produced you to be. And the father wants to forgive right now. He wants to restore right now. He wants to begin the process of redemption in you. He wants to change your current direction and make your worst day your best moment in him. He wants to shift and turn your attention back to him. He wants to recommit your loyalty to his will and not to your own. It's his desire. Shall I look again upon your holy temple God has been and he will always be the answer. No matter what the belly of the temporary circumstance feels like, God is still in control of the eternal. Nothing has shifted him off of his throne. God doesn't shift. He shifts. He stirs. He calls. And when Jonah was willing to look again upon the holy temple of God, not just continue in the same direction, this thing's going to lift. Guys, this thing's going to lift. There's enough people praying. There's enough scientists working. 
Enough people honoring the authorities and doing what the government's asking, this thing's gonna lift. My question for you is when it lifts, what are you gonna do? What are we gonna do? Are we just gonna go back to the way that we were before this thing ever came to pass and wait for the next thing to come along? Are we gonna make the same mistake with this virus that we made with 9-11, where for like at least two or three weeks, every church was packed and everybody appreciated one another? Are we gonna be like the family that gathers at the funeral and finally gives forgiveness to the person that we should have forgiven a long time ago? Are we gonna let this change us now? Are we gonna call out to God and let him do something in us? Jonah responded. He didn't just call out. When he realized that God was listening and God was hearing, even if he didn't realize it, Jonah responded. And Jonah covenanted. He didn't just call out. Jonah covenanted in. And we can call out and we can fast and we can pray and we can ask God to lift this virus off of our land, to let us out of our homes and let us go back to work and free us back up financially and boost our economy back into the place and reignite Wall Street and the stock market the way and replace our 401k. But the question is, when we call out to God, will we actually covenant into him this time? Or will we just end up worse than we were before we ever called out? So often people call and God responds. And then we just keep going. Oh, God. Oh, thank you. We take off again. We mess up what God wanted to clean up all over again. Verse 7, Jonah says, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you. This dude's still praying. Into your holy temple, the answer to my issues. Verse 8, those who pay regard to vain idols. You remember what we read in James chapter 1 last week? That we can pray for wisdom, but if our loyalties are divided, then we'll still shift and turn with the waves of this life. And right now we're trying to navigate the seas of uncharted territory. And people are calling out to God. But will we covenant in? Those who pray, those who pay regard to vain idols, who just go right back to the thing that they turned away from before they called out to God, for the sake, their hope of steadfast love. Verse 9, but I, like something happened in Jonah in this moment. I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Verse 10, and the Lord spoke to the belly of the fish. The Lord spoke to what Jonah perceived as absolute hell. And that fish could not hold Jonah down any longer. When God speaks to what's holding you back and what's holding you down, 
it no longer has authority. But what if what is holding you back and holding you down is actually being used by God for you to come out of that on the other side unlike you have ever been before. Come out on the other side of all of this mess and all of this wreckage and the good decisions and the bad decisions and the flow of life and the comfort of our culture. And the church is unlike it's ever been before in this nation. I have that vision. I have that vision for new hope. I have that vision for us to not just come back as we were, but stronger than we've ever been. And ready to impact the eternity of this community and the surrounding area unlike we've ever seen. We're going to get infected with what God has for us. The Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So here's how I want to close. Is there any bitterness in you that's causing you to miss out? Maybe it's even justified. It's causing you to miss out on God's will for your life. It's causing you to miss out on God's plan for your life. Is there something that God said to you 20 years ago that's still stirring in your spirit right now? He's still speaking. And he is using this time to incubate that thing that he put in you 20 years ago. Are you headed in the right direction? Everybody's screaming Armageddon right now. I'm not one of those people. (laughs) I'm really not. I believe that's going to be way worse. But what will it take? What will it take for you to break from that addiction? What will it take for you to lay down that impurity? What will it take for you to come back to the house of God? And join back in with the children of God. What will it take for you to not just surrender for a moment, but surrender your all? Look, no matter how low you've gone, I can promise you, you hadn't made it to hell yet. And even if you had, Jesus has already conquered that too. He's already dealt with that devil. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to restore you. He wants you to dream again. He wants you to come out on the other side of this unlike you've ever been before. No matter how far in the wrong direction you've gone, no matter how long in this current direction you've gone, no matter how far you've sunk down, he just wants one thing. It's the same thing he wanted from Jonah. Just call out and covenant in. He's not waiting for you to get right so that you deserve to come to him. He just wants you to come to him so that he can make you righteous even when you don't deserve it. That is the story of grace. Some people are drowning. You're drowning right now. And nobody else can see you. 
God can. You know and he knows. And all he's waiting for is one call. Just call out. And then make the decision to covenant in and refuse to go back and be that same way ever again. I want to invite you right where you are to bow your head and close your eyes. I want to invite you to recognize that the Holy Spirit is in the room with you. He's in the vehicle with you. He's right there outside with you. And all you have to do is recognize His presence and receive His forgiveness. Receive His correction and surrender. If I'm talking to you, I want to encourage you to just open your hands right where you are and begin to call out to God, just like Jonah did. Begin to ask for forgiveness. Begin to ask God to restore that dream, that desire, that longing. Begin to ask him to speak to you again. You might not hear in an audible voice, but I can promise you because the Bible says that if you will seek him, you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart. Not because you just give him a courtesy call finally after all this time, but because you covenant in and you refuse to continue the same way that you've been. If that's for you, I want to pray over you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I lift up every person that may be carrying bitterness even towards an enemy that deserves it. God, I lift up every person that may be going in the wrong direction. God, I pray that your spirit would draw them back to yourself. God, I pray for every person that the belly of the place that they're in right now feels like a pit that they can't get out of. God, I want to pray for every person that thinks that they've gone too far or too long. And I rebuke all of those thoughts in Jesus' name. And I replace them with your call and your will and your covenant and your purpose and your plan. I pray for anybody that's listening that needs to receive salvation right where they are today. I pray that they would ask for forgiveness. That they would believe that you died on the cross and that you gave your life for them so that they could give their life to you. God, I pray that they would confess you as Lord and that they would surrender their all to you and never look back, but fix their eyes upon you and follow you with all of their heart from this day forward in Jesus' name. And we pray this message minister to you. God bless you and thank you for listening.